take your Bibles this morning. I'll let you remain seated, but uh, hopefully receive the outline. You can take that out, and if you uh, have a copy of the Word of God, you can turn to John chapter 1 this morning as we continue uh, this time of year reflecting on the Christmas season. I was reading about some folks that were thinking about Christmas, and uh, I hope that uh, you men have taken some time to think about that, uh, if you have a wife, to think about her this time of year. And I was reading about a man that bought his wife a beautiful uh, diamond ring for Christmas. And after hearing about this extravagant gift, a friend said, I, I thought she wanted one of those sporty four-wheel drive vehicles. And he said, well, she did, but he says, where was I going to find a fake Jeep? <laughs> some of you got that. Some of you will get it later. You know, two young boys, they were spending their their evenings at uh, grandma's house and grandpa's house. And so at bedtime, the two boys, it was around Christmas, they knelt beside their beds to say their evening prayers. And the, the youngest of the two brothers, he began to pray at the top of his lungs. I mean, he was as loud as he could. He was saying, I pray for a new bicycle and I'm praying for a new Xbox. I'm praying for a new Game Boy. And the older brother leaned over and kind of nudged his younger brother, and he said, why are you shouting your prayers? God isn't deaf. And he said, yeah, I know, but he says, Grandma is. <laughs> you know, you think of the, the signs of the times. Things have changed, uh, have they not, over the time of my life? And, and of course, I was thinking about this little girl she uh, went with her parents to the mall, and she climbed up into Santa's lap. And uh, Santa asked her the usual, what would you like, little girl, for Christmas? And the little child stared at him, and her mouth was wide open. She was horrified for a minute. She looked at Santa, and she says, didn't you get my email? <laughs> you know, so times have changed. Santa needs to get up with the times, I guess, but... You know, you think about Christmas time, and Brother Kenny leads us in Christmas songs as we go through the Christmas season. And uh, truth is, we should get to know those Christmas songs a little bit better because a lot of those songs, if not all of them, are completely full of truth, doctrinal truth. And each one of those, and I may do this one of, the, one of these years, but each one of those songs is a message in and of itself. And I think about the message today in just one verse, John 1.14. Look at it with me if you would. The Bible says this, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I wonder this morning, what do you believe? What do you believe? Because I'm convinced that everybody believes something. Now, everybody might believe something different. Uh, certainly, whenever you think about what God wants us to know, I'm so glad that God has given us His Word. You and I, and truly, we are privileged to have a copy of God's Word. Some of us have more than one copy. Of the Word of God. You know there are people in the world today that do not have the Bible. They're not privileged to have even one page of the Word of God. 
We have it, but do we believe it? Because all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Regardless of what people say, this is not man's book. This is God's Word. God gave His Word. The question that I would have you think about this morning is, do you believe it? Because if we believe it to be true, then we will live it. We will share it. We will tell others what God has given to us. See, everybody believes in something. They say there are four stages in a man's life. The first stage is you believe in Santa Claus. The second stage is you don't believe in Santa Claus. The third stage of a man's life is that you are Santa Claus. And the last stage in his life is you look like Santa Claus. I wonder maybe you've gotten far enough and deep enough into the Christmas season that you could say that after a good amount of goodies and fudge and chocolate that you're beginning to start to resemble that comment about looking like Santa Claus. This morning, I, I hope that you'll allow me, and along with me, let's focus on what the truth of this season is all about. What is Christmas all about? Well, here it is, John said, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's Christmas. During this time of year, we a lot of times come into contact with, and I know even dealing with my father these the past couple uh, weeks and even past that, how oftentimes people we are around that they have not yet received the truth concerning Jesus Christ. This morning I want to look at three eternal truths that I think as we see these from this verse, these truths will change your life forever. I know they've changed mine. And I hope you'll listen this morning because what I'm about to give you is not what I think, but it is what thus saith the Lord. And I want you to see the first truth is the deity of Christ. The Word was made flesh. The Bible says Jesus is referred to as the Word. You look at the scriptures and here's what the word translated, we see in our Bible as the word word is the word Lagos. We think about the word Lagos, it, it means the word itself, how God communicated. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means that God revealed his word and that God's word was recorded. I mean, think about it, folks. You have the printed page of the Word of God this morning that reveals Jesus is the Word of God. John said in John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Jesus is the eternal Word of God. He took on the form of man. Uh, the Bible says he was the pre-existent Son of God. But Jesus did not begin in Bethlehem's manger. You see, in Bethlehem's manger, he took on the form of a man. The Bible tells us that he became man without ceasing to be God. Uh, Charles Spurgeon said, He who never began to be but eternally existed 
began to be what he eternally was not and continued to be what he eternally was. You see, this morning, as we look at John 1.14, we understand that his deity was prophesied, that it was told that he would be in the form of man. We saw the verse as we said that this morning uh, with Brother Chris, Isaiah 9.6, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government be up, shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Uh, Isaiah wrote, and what that is referencing was the coming of the Son of God, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Micah, the Old Testament prophet, actually prophesied the location of where he would be born. The Bible says, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come he forth of unto me, that is to be ruler in Egypt. But listen to the last part of Micah 5, 2. Listen to the words as we think about the eternality of our God. It says, Whose goings forth have been from of old from everlasting. You see, Jesus Christ did not begin in Bethlehem's manger. The one that would be ruler in Egypt was foretold by Micah the prophet. And this morning, we believe that Jesus Christ is from everlasting, that he is eternally God. Jesus said himself, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Boy, that really threw him. I mean, we know Abraham, our father, and yet you're here with us, and you say that you were before him? Yes, he was. That he is eternally God. Uh, we see that we need to understand this morning that he is from everlasting. Irenaeus said in the second century, listen to this statement, Jesus is himself in his own right beyond all men who ever lived, God and Lord and King eternal. And the incarnate word, proclaimed by all the prophets, the apostles, and by the Spirit himself. He is the Holy Lord, the Wonderful, the Counselor, the Beautiful One in appearance, and the Mighty God, coming in the clouds as the Judge of all men. You see, all these things that Irenaeus wrote about in the second century and has been talked about over all these other centuries the scriptures prophesied about Jesus Christ. In other words, in 2018, as we talk about the doctrine of the deity of Jesus Christ, that he was God in the flesh, is not something that has been recently invented by our Christian brothers. It is something that God has told us from eternity past. It is an eternal truth that is recorded in the scriptures that Jesus was revealed to this world as God in the flesh. You see, his deity was prophesied, but notice secondly that his deity was also claimed. The truth that Jesus said about himself. The Bible says in John 8, 28, listen to what Jesus said unto them. When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he. In other words, Jesus said, you're going to understand when you lift me up that I am the Son of God and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, 
I speak these things. When Jesus was crucified and they said, listen, do away with this man. We want nothing to do with this Jesus of Nazareth and his crucifixion. I want you to be reminded of what the centurion said in Mark 15. Here's what he said when he saw Jesus, that he had cried out and gave up the ghost. He said, truly, this man was the Son of God. He had it right. Yet this morning, so many will not accept him. So many will not believe in him. So many will not believe on Christ this Christmas. Jesus was not only prophesied to be the Son of God, but he claimed to be God's own Son. As long as Jesus was in this world, he said that I am the bread of life, I am the way, I am the truth, I'm the door, I'm the light of the world, I am the way to everlasting life. And when we come to Christmas time, Jesus Christ, his deity, that he was God, is the central truth of Christmas because without Christ, there is no Christmas. And this morning, one truth that will change your life is the deity of Jesus Christ. But we cannot look at his deity without looking at the second truth. Because we must also understand the humanity of Christ. You see, I find that Jesus was made flesh, John wrote. God's Son became flesh. Uh, Paul wrote to those in Philippi and said, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of of men. Jesus was the one that the Bible records was in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He was God in the flesh. Jesus referred to his son as God in Hebrews chapter uh, 1 and verse number 8, unto the son he saith, thy, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Jesus was God in eternity past. Jesus was God when he came in that manger in Bethlehem. And Jesus is God today as he sits at the right hand of God on high. Jesus was God in the flesh. He was deity, God, wrapped in humanity. He was God, but he was man. He was fully God. And he was fully man. What a tremendous offering. Look, I don't know, and I hope that as you gave this morning, that you gave out of a cheerful heart. As you gave, you gave to the Lord. But can I tell you, there has never been a greater offering that has ever been given than the offering of God by his own dear son. God gave his son because he so loved this world. T. DeWitt Talmadge said of the incarnation, he was the son of Mary, the son of God child of a day, monarch of eternity. In that eye of a glance of God, omnipotence sheathed in babe's arm, a voice to be changed from the feeble cry to the tone that shall wake the dead. He was surely God in the manger, and he will be God at the second coming when he returns for his own. He became man without ceasing to be God. But notice I see also not only that he was made flesh, but notice that Jesus dwelt among us, John wrote. God's son lived among us. He came into this world. And as he came into this world, 
Because of sin, Jesus was tempted. But there's a difference between Jesus and us. Because you see, we have what is called a sin nature. All of us are born with it because we're all descendants from Adam. But Jesus has a divine nature. And the Bible says in Hebrews 4.15, We have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Can I tell you this morning with all confidence that there is nothing that you can experience whether it's during this Christmas season or after this Christmas season, that Jesus has not already experienced. The shortest verse in the Bible, you know it, Jesus wept. Jesus knew what it was like. He knew what it was like to lose someone that he loved very much. He knew what it was like to suffer every form of physical pain known to man. The Bible says of him in Luke 2.40, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. The Bible tells us that Jesus, as a child, he grew, he developed, and he walked among us. And as he did, praise the Lord, he is our example that we are to follow in his steps, that we are to be like him. Peter says, we, hereunto were we called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. None of us are perfect. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. But as we come to know him as our Lord and Savior, he's given us an example that we should walk in his steps, that we should follow his example. And listen, yes, Jesus was all man, but he was all God. And this morning, we need to understand that one truth that will change our life is the deity of Christ, that he was God, the humanity of Christ, that he was man. But here's the third truth that will change us forever is the sacrifice of Christ. When I think about Christmas, I just think constantly about the expression of the gift. You see, Christmas time is the season of gifts, getting gifts and receiving gifts. But the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The expression of the gift. I think of some folks, and this is not me, I've never done it, and maybe you're here this morning, but some people will be in Walmart at midnight on Christmas Eve. They'll be going high and low through the store, looking for that last-minute ditch treasure, something that they can buy to give to someone. Can I tell you that as you think about this matter of giving gifts, I think about the gifts that we are going to give. And the greatest gift that was ever given was the gift of God's own dear son. Over 2,000 years ago, God expressed his love toward us that he gave his son, his only begotten son. Not according to some of these newer Bibles that say his one and only son. No, his only begotten son, the Bible says. 
And as we think about this this morning, it's important for us to understand not only God's expression of his love toward us, but that we ought to express our love towards one another because God so loved us. Jesus was God's representative to us and to show us how much God cared for us. How many of you know this morning God loves you? Certainly God has expressed that, has he not? But I think beyond the expression of the gift, and I see the extent of the gift. Because if you think back to John 3.16 again, listen to the verse one more time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever... I remember the day that somebody said, you know, you could put your name right there. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. That whosoever believeth in him. Doesn't say believe in the church. Doesn't say believe in the creed of the church. It says whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what kind of life? everlasting. Do you believe in Christ this Christmas? You see, the extent of this grace, when I think of the extent of the grace, again, you think about how it doesn't matter this morning if you are a religious person, if you're a lost person, if you're a, a Baptist or whatever you may be this morning, God can save anyone. God can save a Muslim, a Jew, an atheist, God will save all that will trust in Christ as their Savior. The only thing that matters this morning is that you believe that you are a sinner and that you're in need of a Savior. You must believe on Him as your personal Savior. Folks, all of us are unworthy of all that God has done for us, but the Bible says, for by grace are you saved and through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. I'm not trusting in myself. I spoke to my father this week and I said, Dad, it's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. It's about knowing Christ as your Savior. And I pray this morning, if you're here and you're listening with all your heart, that there's been a time in your life that you've put your faith, that you believe in Christ this Christmas. You see, I think about grace. Grace is that God would come down to common people like us. Does that overwhelm you this morning? Somebody said, glory be to God that Jesus came from the throne to the manger, that we might rise from the manger to the throne, and that all the gates are open, and that the door to heaven that once swayed this way to let Jesus out now sways this way to let us in. Praise the Lord for the grace of God this morning, and it is only possible because Jesus came to us. Jesus opened the door for us. The Word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. Three eternal truths that will change your life. The deity of Christ. Do you believe that Jesus is God? Do you believe that Jesus as God 
became man so that he might save you from your sins? Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that Jesus Christ became the Lamb of God to take away your sins, to take away my sins? Christmas time. Linus, years ago, he told Charlie Brown, he said, Charlie, that's the meaning of Christmas. I think about Christmas time and how hard parents, and my parents were like this too, how hard parents try to get their children to believe in some mystical person that wears a red hat, that is from the North Pole, that has elves that make toys for boys and girls that have been good, that leads a, a team of reindeer that are flying reindeer pretty far stretch, isn't it? Some of you are like, he's not real? <laughs> you know, and, and man can't, even with that, man can't leave things alone. Because originally there were only eight reindeer. But in the 20th century, Hollywood had to add another one so that they could make a movie, so they had one with a red nose that would guide his sleigh as he delivered all the toys worldwide on Christmas Eve. I remember growing up believing in some mystical character, the guy with the red hat. I'm so glad that I'm not believing in Santa for eternity. I'm glad I'm believing in Jesus. You see, far greater than the red suit is the gift that God gave. And that gift that God gave was Jesus. This is the gift of God. I mean, I know we have fun with Santa. You know, folks have believed in it. I have spent some time thinking about the whole Christmas story that the world's come up with, and according to the legend of Santa Claus, it can actually be traced back to a monk whose name was Nicholas. He's a man that is viewed as a saint because of his piety and his kindness. It's said about Nicholas that he gave away all of his wealth, and he traveled the countryside helping the poor and sick. One of the best known stories about St. Nicholas is that he one time saved three poor sisters from being sold into slavery by their own father. Now, although Nicholas was a good man, and he certainly served, I guess, a good cause, the truth is, is that Nicholas can never save people from their sins, but Jesus can. Jesus can. Jesus became poor that you and I, through his poverty, might be made rich. I wonder this morning, do you believe in Christ of Christmas? 
Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, Jesus brought us back from a life of sin, a life of slavery. The Bible says you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You think about that verse. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. How many of you think this morning that this message has been the truth? Would you raise your hand? You can put your hands down. Remember what Jesus said in John 6, or John 14? He says, I am the way, the truth. He said, you shall know the truth. And if you take that verse and you substitute the word Christ, which I don't think is a stretch because he says, I am the way, the truth. And you say the verse now, ye shall know Christ and Christ shall make you free. This morning, do you want to be free? Free from your sins? Do you want to have a home in heaven with Jesus? Everlasting life? Can I tell you this morning, you don't have to pay for it. You don't have to attend church for it. All you have to do is believe. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're here this morning and you've never believed on Christ, you've never put your faith and trust in the Lord. Why don't you trust Him today? How many of you this morning say with all certainty, I believe in Christ as my Savior? Would you raise your hand? What a wonderful sight. You can put your hands down. How many of you this morning, and no one's looking around, but how many of you this morning would say, I haven't had a time in my life that I've believed, that I've put my faith in God's Son for my eternity. And this morning, I want to do that. I want to ask the Lord to be my Savior. Would you raise your hand this morning? Pastor, I want, I want God's gift of eternal life. Would you slip your hand up this morning and acknowledge I want to I see that hand this morning? Is there anyone else this morning, you can put your hand down, anyone else that would say, I'm tired of trying to live my life my way. God gave his son so that I could have a home in heaven. And this Christmas, that's the gift that I want. Anyone else this morning? Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to share these three truths that are life-changing that you gave your son that we could have eternal life. And this morning we believe that he is God. We believe that he became a man and he came to this earth to give his life that we can have eternal life. Lord, I pray that we would respond this morning, that your children, those that are saved, would respond and be thankful for the gift that they've received. Lord, I pray for this one and maybe others that they would come and that they would put their faith in Christ this morning before it's eternally too late. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you stand with me this morning?